Happy Friday. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Today we are joined by special guest, Turning Point Ambassador himself, Rich Wilkins. All Thank right. you for having yes. me. Appreciate it. It's for an being honor. Here. Yeah. Uh, love the suit. Yes. Thank you. By the way. I would compliment the suit, but then I would be leaving out the awesome hand tattoo. Yeah. Is, uh, <laughs> it's true. There's a long story behind skeleton, this. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah well, on. and I would also like to point out, you are also known as Patriot Rich. Yeah, thank you very uh, much. On social media. Yeah. So this is very fitting. Mm-hmm. For you to wear. Uh, all right, Stu, what's the top story for you? I was thinking of some new developments in the world of trying to figure out which socialist is going to be running for president from the Democrats. Okay. <laughs> all right, Pat. Uh, the loss of privacy and what that might mean down the road. Okay. Interesting. Rich. I'm going to one-up you guys and talk a little bit about the abortion issue in Georgia. Right now, it looks like some big companies are stepping in, as well as some actors who's you know, we're all used to that. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We'll get into that. A lot to get into. Obviously, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. So if you are looking to buy or sell your home, which probably is going to be the biggest investment you're ever going to make in your life, um, you probably should not use your father's, brother's, dog sitter's, niece's, nephew. I usually select a passing vagrant. Do you? Uh, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, that's yeah. a really great idea. Yeah, that was before realestateagentsitrust.com. <laughs> now you can go there and actually get someone who's screened and not just off the streets. Yes. So uh, Glenn developed uh, this company. Obviously, these guys are in radio. You guys are familiar with moving <laughs> all the time. How times you moved, Pat? 84. Yeah. <laughs> You're underselling it, I think. Precisely 84 <laughs> times. Um, so they, they realize there are a lot of real estate agents out there who, quite frankly, have no idea what they're doing, or they do it part-time, or they're in it for their own brand. So they'll have the their face plastered on benches or mm-hmm. billboards, and they're not really doing anything for you. Um, so they have this team that they've already vetted. They're all across the country. You can find them wherever you're located. And Glenn's team has already vetted them for you know their skills, for their experience. They do this full-time. They are the top real estate agents in the country, and they will know how to sell your house properly or where to put you and your family if you're relocating to a completely new place. So if you are looking, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Let them help you. They are the experts, not you. Trust me. All right, Stu. Give us an update. Yes, uh, I thought first we'd take a quick look at the sort of the state of the race, and you know we the field is so large. I mean, there's like 24, depending on how you count it, 24, 25 people in the race right now. But it kind of gives you a misleading view of what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's look at these the polls. There's a Monmouth poll that came out. Monmouth is one of the highest ranked pollsters, and uh, they did a poll recently. And the breakout of where these candidates are is truly amazing when you look at it. Um, can we start off with the Monmouth poll? Um, so above, I think it's 16 percent of the vote. Um, there's a uh, uh, there are yeah there we go. So there's 24 candidates. So 16 percent and up. There is one candidate. We all know that's Joe Biden, right? He's blowing everybody out pretty much. I think he's up by 18 in this particular poll. Um, this next tier is between 10 and 15 percent. There's two candidates. Um, uh, then you go to the next tier between two and 10. There's three candidates. You might notice there's still a lot left here between uh, specifically at one percent are six candidates okay <laughs> as many that are above six percent are at are above one percent are at one uh are at one percent and then at the very bottom at zero percent is 11 of the 24 <laughs> candidates half the field is at zero right now this is uh is a bottom heavy field in talents <laughs> and in polling um so it's interesting to see how this is going to develop because you got to believe some of these people are going to drop out now some of them are have no chance you know there are people like the, the mayor of miramar florida is probably not going to be the next president in the United States, 
though it is larger than South Bend, Indiana, I would point out, um, <laughs> by a few thousand people. Um, but, you know, there's a few that are just kind of just there. You know, a bunch of congressmen, Eric Swalwell and Tim Ryan, they're running either to chase after a VP slaughter to raise their profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to wonder, like, what people like Kirsten Gillibrand are still at zero or one percent as a U.S. senator. At some point, you say, look, maybe I have a future if I drop out now and don't embarrass myself any further. Um, and this is going to kind of happen a little quicker than we think. We're only about less than a month now away from the first debate. Um, and as you uh, might have heard from, uh, from the news, there, you have to get 65,000 individual donors to get into this debate or get 1%, and I think it's three polls. Um, so very low requirements to get in. And many of these people, even the ones that got at 0%, might hit 1% in three polls and get into this debate. And really, if you can't get into the first round of debates where they're going to take the top 20 candidates, basically, uh, over two de- uh, nights, why are you running a campaign? you got to believe that anyone who's serious about this is going to drop out if they can't get into these debates. Now, most of these people will be able to qualify for this first debate and the second debate. But the Democrats just came out with the, with the uh, qualifications for the third debate, and it's going to wipe out a lot of people. What they said is you have to have both 2% in the polls, which seems not like a high That's a ridiculous requirement. 2%? It shouldn't be that crazy. But as you saw, 17 of the 24 candidates aren't getting it right now. Um, so 2% and 130,000 individual donors. Wow. Now, if you didn't get 65,000 in all this time up to the first debate, the idea that in the next few weeks you're going to get another 65,000, uh, they're trying to, to, to do this to, so they can get this field narrowed down quickly. Mm -hmm. They do not want, you know, I mean, you look back at 2016, where it was a really wide field for kind of a long time. They had all of those debates, and we went through a bunch of primaries where everyone was sticking in. Uh, Too long, probably opened up Republicans to too many negative things where you had people like, um, you know, who are on one side of the issue or other were able to you know, during desperation plays, right? Like you're getting nothing, so you're you're saying whatever you want, and then you're challenging the front runners to have to answer it, and it puts them in weird positions. They're going to do everything they can to eliminate it. And what's hilarious is the whole purpose of this d- debate qualification strategy from the Democrats was sort of penance for their getting rid of or pushing down Bernie Sanders last time against Hillary. It was supposed to be a message to the you know the other candidates and, and the non mainstream candidates to say we care about you. Uh, we, we promise we're not we're not trying to get rid of you. Now, what are they doing after these first two b- debates? It looks like they're going to wipe out what could be at least half the field. Right now, I believe there's eight candidates. Uh, I think we have uh, pictures of them here. Uh, these are the eight candidates right now. Only eight that can get into the second debate. Now, there will be probably a couple more. If you this list is Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Beto oh. O'Rourke. Uh, I know. <laughs> he got, it's funny. He got his uh, 65,000, uh, 130,000 donors, I believe, on the first day. So since then, I don't think he's any donors, no. but the first day he did really well. Uh, Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Pete Buttigieg, uh, and then is that uh, Klobuchar there? I can't see the and then uh, and, and yes. of course uh, Warren. Warren. So the the the, uh, the grouping is going to be interesting. The Democrats are going to try to to get this into. A, a situation they can control as fast as possible, like they do with everything else, right? Like every other policy that they have. But I think it's going to be interesting to see it shake out because you're going to see people. If you can't get into that first debate, you got to believe if you're a serious candidate, you bail. If you can't get into that second round of debates, probably the same story. So we could be down to maybe eight candidates really quickly, and the race completely takes a different shape because Joe Biden's got a big lead now. But if you knock out 
you know, 10 other candidates and they go to someone else, whether it's Bernie or Elizabeth Warren or whatever, it becomes a pretty close race. Yeah. I'm really pissed. I, I had no idea. I, I hadn't heard about the 2% requirement. <laughs> That's, That's outrageous. Dramatic. That's outrageous. Dramatic. Mm-hmm. They've Double the percentage necessary. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. I mean, I just have to wonder how how long are these debates supposed to be? So there is, uh, are there going to be 10? 18 hours. They're each 18 hours. <laughs> just wow. a marathon. Now, does the second night qualify as the second debate? No, that's still, that, the, I think okay. it's still the first debate. Right. It's, it's interesting because uh, they're going to do, they said they won't go more than 10. So you don't so have like uh, you don't have to rent like an entire stadium and like go all the way around the outside of it with candidates. That'd be ridiculous. Uh, it would be. So it's ten one night and ten, 10 the next another. Night. That's the max. Now, so and even if you get the sixty five thousand donors and one percent, which I know those are still pretty high and difficult to get. Yeah. Even if you get both of those things um, uh, and there's more than twenty candidates that get it, you still might miss the debate stage. They're talking about that with you know, people like you know Andrew Yang and, and some others. Um, uh, and I know Ami Horowitz, who we've had on the show before, who's running for the Democratic nomination for president, might be able to get to 65,000 donors. He's, I've not seen him included in a poll yet, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so I don't think he's going to be able to get that. And they may use that as their loophole yeah. to get him out of the debates because yeah. they do not want him in the debates. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's a fascinating process. It's, it's you know. Pat, if you said this a million times, which is it's just so fun to watch liberals eat their own. And it really is interesting. <laughs> that myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here they are, like trying so hard to say this time we're going to keep it open to people like Bernie Sanders. We're not going to have the mainstream put their thumb on the scale at all. By the way, we're doubling all the requirements for the next debate. And so half of you people are not even going to be in the debates and your yeah. careers basically are over as far as this campaign goes. <laughs> uh, Rich, last word on this. What is your take on the Democratic candidate field right now? I think it's comical. Uh, <laughs> Uh, really, honestly, there's a lot of noise going on. And um, at the end of the day, I'm pretty confident that everyone that doesn't make it through is going to walk home with a trophy. Okay. That's <laughs> just, you know. Participation trophy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for running. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks for running trophy. So. I like uh, it. All right, Pat. So you said the privacy is over? Yeah, privacy. Uh, what do you think is the most monitored or surveilled city on the planet? Anybody, China. Any idea? Oh. Yeah, I would, I would China. 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 Yeah. That's yeah. what I would have guessed. London, England wow. has surpassed Beijing, China, which used to be the most wow. monitored city wow. in the world. Um, and at number three is Chicago, Illinois. So we're not exempt from this either mm. um, in the United wow. States. Houston's also in the top five. They're number five. Wow. Uh, New York is number four. Texas. Texas. What yeah. is going on? Is amazing? Oh, my gosh. Amazing. And so we are being watched everywhere we go. There was a story... Uh, this week about a company that watches, that has you wear a little badge that has uh, some kind of monitoring device in it, and it monitors how much you talk, uh, how often you get up from your uh, desk, where you go when you leave your desk, when you come back, the time you spend away from your desk, the time you spend at your desk, what you're doing while you're there. I mean, every single movement you make at work which, you know, that's at work. It's a private business, and if you don't like that, you can leave. Mm-hmm. And you don't work there, um, which I, I don't think I, w- I would work there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nowhere to hide anymore. There's, no, there's nothing that, that the authorities don't know or companies don't know about us. We're monitored on the Internet, everything we do and everywhere we go. We're monitored when we go out, outside, when we go out to dinner, when we go downtown. Everything we do is being watched. You pull up to an intersection, you're being watched. Um, and uh, in London, which is the most uh, monitored, again, 
they're also doing facial recognition in certain parts of town. So mm. they're, they're running your face as you walk by. And a man who walked by took issue with that and just covered up his face. It was cold, and he had this little mask, and he kind of put it up above his face. And he was stopped by police for doing that. And they fined him 90 pounds, which is probably 160 U.S. dollars, uh, for putting a mask over his face and hiding his face when he walked by facial recognition. Apparently, it's illegal to hide your face for facial recognition. And they made him come back and pull down his mask and be... Uh, seen by the camera. What's what's the situation if you have like a burka or something? I, right. They, they make you take that down. Really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Huh. Yes. It's, it's unbelievable. How can they You're just walking around the you, city? Just walking around the city, you can't even cover your face when you walk by a camera. That's outrageous. Mm-hmm. It's outrageous. There's, uh, you know, fortunately this is England and it hasn't that that at least hasn't happened here yet. But what starts in Europe usually winds up here. Yeah, and mm-hmm. San Francisco just passed a, a law saying they're going to ban the uh, the facial recognition there, which is interesting. Really? San, San Francisco? Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah, they're, they're wow. leading that, which is sort of embarrassing wow. that Houston is one of the most yeah. monitored, and San Francisco is mm-hmm. leading the way. On, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to be on the wrong side of that one, I think. Uh, but, I mean, I think it's not just that, too. It's like, you know, I'm fascinated by the the license plate capture devices that they have all over the country in which, you know, they're constantly, police are constantly, just every single license plate that goes by is just captured and then put into a database so they can tell where you were at whatever given time if they have to look back at it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow. I don't remember having a wow. debate about that at all. Like, I don't, no. I mean, yes, you're on a public street, and I guess that would be their argument. And it's, of course, obviously... You know, it's a government license, but still, like that is giving a snapshot of your location, mm-hmm. every single intersection mm-hmm. you go through that has one of these devices. And they I, don't you know, need that. No, they don't. They don't need they, that. I mean, look, it is helpful for police to be able to go back and put together these crimes because they can say, okay, we think you were there at that time. I swear I wasn't there. Well, now we see you. We've got a camera. We've got your license plate going right. by there, and it's it, it is helpful to, to police. And obviously, we all want crimes to be solved. Right, but, but man, it is. It, it almost. It's like you get into that Fourth Amendment sort of area there, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and it's you know, I, I don't. Yeah. It makes me completely uncomfortable that, too. that we don't even have debates about these things anymore. Well, because the government may not always be as benign as it is right now. I mean, we look at our government like ah, that's that doesn't matter. I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't care what they know. Well, you're not the one who gets to decide if you're doing something wrong. Right. In the case of an oppressive government. And when they're able to do this kind of stuff, there is nowhere you can go and nothing you can do that you know for a fact you're not doing something wrong. Yeah. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. One day, what, what you think isn't wrong might be. How about and then uh, we're in trouble. red light cameras? Those oh. drive me bonkers. Oh, I hate them. The, yeah, the fact that you can get a fine in the mail yeah. for something that you did where there was no authority that was there that saw you do it. And you can't face your accuser. Right, right. It's unconstitutional. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy though to get out of those. From what I've heard, I really? actually haven't had one because I'm a good citizen. <laughs> actually, I probably have. I just don't. Know. <laughs> but I heard you can actually contest it and say, you know, I wasn't the one driving the car. If you were, you're lying. But well, you can, but they, they they videotape you and they show you the videotape the face. when you come. But mm-hmm. it's it's yeah. whoever owns the car. So I had a an issue with where my ex husband was driving mm-hmm. my car, and. 
it was still under my name, according to the records. So and you they, got the ticket. Yeah, they sent it to me, and I said, can you guys send this to him? Because it was very clearly him, if you could see on the video, and they said it doesn't matter. It's, mm, it's interesting. whoever owns the car. Again, that does not seem possible, right? Like, I mean, you can't be charged with essentially a crime that you didn't commit when they have it on video. Right. I also had a situation with my current wife who continually goes through red lights all the time, <laughs> and I get, I get the, it's funny, I get the little, the alerts and the tickets for them, mm-hmm. and she, of course, denies it every This is time. your current wife? This is my current wife. As opposed to uh, any of your yeah, past past ones it's just my current one and uh and she said she always denies it and every time the same thing plays out which is they send me a link to the video and then i watch you go by and not even come close to stopping like this is like it's like blatantly you in your car i can see your blonde hair through the window it's you that's another blonde though it's another blonde okay she let another blonde drive the car it is standard i love her i love her so much to add to what you're you're uh, you're stating right now, I mean, we are on a fast track. We're continually forfeiting our own personal information, right. whether it's through social media channels, um, and we're obviously in a big mess with Facebook and Instagram and you know all those different platforms. I just don't see it slowing down anytime no, soon. No, I don't either. Yeah. It's not going yeah. to. All, all for the sake of convenience and security. Yes. Mm. All right, back in a minute. If, if you uh, if you sacrifice freedom or security, you'll lose both. Enjoy. Of All right, heart disease, uh, diabetes, Alzheimer's. There are a lot of really horrific illnesses that are plaguing countless Americans today. Um, Now, of course, we do have America's top doctors and researchers. They're working around the clock to find cures for all of these terrible illnesses. But we also have uh, government officials like HHS Secretary Alex Azar, who are trying to change American innovation in medicine. Um, They are trying to basically bring socialist policies into our government and into um, our medical industry. Yeah, that's going to, let me just give you a spoiler spoiler alert, not do good things. Um, It's going to set U.S. medical innovation back decades and yeah, but we only come up with 95% of all the new medication that goes to market. Just, so we want just the, the other 95. 5%. The other 5% yeah, we'll have 95%. access to. Right. So don't worry about it. That's a great point, Pat. Yeah. We're yeah. done here. Never mind. Yeah. Pack it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so FreedomWorks is leading the charge to try to stop this from happening. Yeah, we don't want foreign governments to dictate the prices of American medicines. Uh, this should be something that all of you are on board with, but they need your help. You can go to freedomworks.org news and tell Tell Azar to fix patients, not prices before it's too late. We're, t- we're talking about socialism all the time and how terrible it is. This is happening right before our eyes, and we've got to stop it. You can go to freedomworks.org slash news to take action now. Uh, Rich, you mentioned that, um, and this is a, a very interesting story um, to me, mm-hmm. Disney, what is it, Disney, Netflix, Netflix and Warner Media, and Warner Media have all decided to place their opinion in this abortion issue, they're going to effectively, if the laws pass, take themselves out of Georgia. They won't be filming there. Um, and now there's an incentive there. There's some tax cuts that they get you know, by working in Georgia. But they've decided to step up. And I want to read a quote here really quick from NBC Universal cited, um, we fully expect that the heartbeat bills and similar laws in various states will face serious legal challenges and will not go will not go into effect while the process proceeds in court. The company said, if any of these laws are upheld, it would strongly impact our decision-making on where we produce mm. our content in the future. 
<laughs> Good, beat nice it. Go back to California. <laughs> pay Please. ten times the price. Yeah, uh, thank you. That's and, it's a nice little cop out there too. They're yes. like, well, we'll just we'll stay, keep doing what we're doing until it goes all the way right. to the Supreme Court. Like, <laughs> right. hey, you know, and, and think of their base. Yeah, I mean, we're talking yeah. about the most innocent, you know, children and babies. Disney, yeah. Disney, yeah. and yeah. it's just They're to me, to it's so backwards. Their customer base. Absolutely, and um, <laughs> who are you selling your DVDs to if you abort all these kids? <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, right. That's not a good business problem. plan. You know, and and they're 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 putting their opinion into this like it matters. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and the, that's what's frustrating to me. And then the actors, mm-hmm. and we already know about all the actors. They've been making a ton of noise in Hollywood as far as how they feel about politics and these serious issues that are going to affect human lives. Mm-hmm. It's like Charlie Daniels said, the D- Disney went down to Georgia. They were looking for a baby to kill. Remember that song? It was a hit. I've never heard that version. <laughs> it was a dark wow. version. Wow. Yeah. It is dark, version. yeah. It's... <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's amazing because I mean I I think you you make a great point in that like why 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 do we care like yeah. we're, seriously why do we care I mean this is obviously just virtue signaling from a Netflix and a Disney and they're trying to get on the right side of I guess I, you know, I, I mean it's hard to imagine that the right side is not letting babies live uh, from their yeah. perspective especially Disney. I mean, because, I mean, look, Netflix has a lot of freaking crazy content on there. Disney's supposed to be targeting kids, and in this, in this case, they kind of are in mm-hmm. a different way. Um, I just, I, I, the idea that, that you would make a decision as a government with elected representatives, if they were to fold to this, this is not a problem with Disney or Netflix. It's a problem with Georgia if mm-hmm. they fold to this. You know, that, we're talking about a life or death issue. And if you're worried about the, you know, a season, a house of cards being filmed in your state and prioritizing that over children's lives. Right. So what, far, they look pretty strong on this. Though. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, Governor Brian Kemp said, oh, go. See ya. Go. Yeah. And so I think that's that's good, a good indication so far. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rich, this this particular issue hits pretty close yeah. to home for you. Yeah, let me talk about that. I just well, I have a baby, a third girl, um, and she's a week old. And um, you know, throughout this process that my wife has gone through from conception to the day of the birth, are you calling the conception a process? That was that's not very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we can dub that, right? <laughs> Get me out of hot water. Thank you. Um, so you know. There's an app that's out there. I won't advertise for it, but uh, you can follow along the birthing process. And as a dad, you know, it doesn't take a biologist to know what's going on in, mm-hmm. in the woman's body and that heartbeat that starts to form and, and beat. And um, the the personal journey that I went through with my wife and just thinking about this as all this noise is coming up about abortion, it just... I mean, it had me in tears multiple times. Yeah. And You're talking about the flicker pulse? Yeah, the so flickering pulse. Yeah, yeah. goodness yeah. Right? It, Biology is not on the left side. Yeah. You know, they're the science, you know, backed. They're the science political. deniers yeah. now. They are. Essentially. They absolutely yeah. are. And if you look at the way the right is going, everything is so backwards, the way that the media is putting things. I mean, Second Amendment. We're defending life. You know, that's, that is the stance we're making. And the left is, they, you know, if they tweet it out five times, it's true. Yeah. And it, it's not. I'm sorry. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, we are at, I think, the biggest and most important thing that we can do right now. The, 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 the war that's being waged on the most innocent lives on the planet. And protecting them and standing up. And, you know, the left drew first blood. Yes. Quoted from Rambo, you know, <laughs> uh, New York made that step and it woke a sleeping mm-hmm. giant. Yes. It's sad to say that, it, you know, hopefully it wasn't too late. But, you know, now the right is starting to say, OK, <laughs> they're going way too far now. We're murdering like babies. At, you know, it's just it's insanity. Yeah, so. it, it is a really interesting point to bring up really quickly before we go that, you know, 
this was obviously a backlash against all of the, you know, New York extremism. Mm -hmm. But whenever all of that happened in New York, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall hearing people saying we're going to ban going to these places. We're not going to travel to these states because they have all of these really lax abortion laws. No one said any of that. There's really been no impact on any of these boycotts. You know, the right never does that. You can't boycott a state. We never do that. You can't boycott a state. It's like, you you know, a small business, you can get away with Mm -hmm. it. Like, even a larger business, sometimes you can have an effect. A state is a state. Georgia's not going to be affected by a freaking couple movies not shooting there. Right. All right. Back in a minute. In fact, they'll probably keep their tax incentives that they shouldn't have anyway. (laughs) And uh, it'd be better for the taxpayers. All right, Rich, uh, before we go into overtime, can you let everyone know where to find you on the social medias? Oh, the social medias, why, thank you. Um, at Patriot underscore Rich on Instagram. And then if Which you've you... got some very highly entertaining videos on Instagram, <laughs> I will say. I do like to do some fail videos. So I'm known for my comedy. Um, I have been known to drink a pint of maple syrup all at once. Yes. In the name of America and freedom. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Why else would anyone drink a pint of maple syrup? Yeah, so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, we've still got overtime coming up next. If you are not a subscriber yet, you got to go to blazetv.com. You can use promo code NEWS. Get $10 off your annual subscription. You don't want to miss it. It starts now. How did the maple syrup thing go up? Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, we just heard today... Trump is taking action against Mexico to stop illegal immigration. Yay! That's great. Yes, that is. We do like action against illegal immigration. But but it's not building the wall or anything like that. Stopping aid, potentially foreign aid. Well, oh, I know what he's doing. He's putting a surcharge on all the money going back to Mexico. Ooh, that would be interesting. Right, wouldn't Mm -hmm. it? That the the illegals are sending back home. Okay. Right? Like a 15% surcharge on that. No, that's not it. Uh, It is instead. Yeah, it's uh, it's the obvious solution to all of these problems. that we have, which is to put a tariff on them. It is the solution to every problem. Yeah. I, you know, oh, look, there's man. been so many things that Trump has done that I've loved, and he's, mm-hmm. done a, he's done a good job on so many things. I just don't get mm-hmm. this. Like, I am not responsible for Mexico's crappy illegal immigration uh, procedures. Prove it. Yeah, therefore, prove it. I should prove it still. Be, <laughs> therefore, I should not be penalized to by paying a tax on, because that's what it is. It's a tax on Americans. These, com- these taxes are paid by American companies. They are paid by American consumers. And I just don't, I mean, he just loves tariffs. In fact, there's a story that just came out uh, a couple hours ago that he is now gone further than Robert Lighthizer. His, 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 protectionist advisor who is like famously known for being way more protectionist than anyone else on in either party he's now gone he's now pissing him off which is incredible like that is like with the mexico thing thing. he was not for it apparently at least as it reported in the wall street journal i mean Uh. you know i just again like he does seem to think tariffs are kind of like the cure-all for everything and it's like it's raising prices you know there's a new story out about these farmers who are like you know, because we, we, we keep raising these tariffs so the farmers mm-hmm. can't export their stuff. And then we just get, keep handing them multiple billions of dollars and bailing them out from the amounts that, you know, that are, they can't sell. First of all, as a conservative, the idea that the government's going to come in and bail out some industries already makes me really not feel good. But, mm-hmm. of course, they're getting screwed by the government, so there's a little bit of sense right. there. But the bigger issue is the farmers keep saying, look, it's not just this batch of sales that I would have made and now don't. 
it's the fact that when when I've been they, these you know people in China or these companies in China have been buying my product for 20 years. When these things go crazy and I can no longer sell them to uh, to them, they don't just go to another country, wait for the tariff and end and come back. Mm-hmm. They go to another country and never come back. And so you lose long-term relationships with these companies because they mm-hmm. find someone else they feel like they can trust. It's going to be a long-term impact. And, and, and it, it, I, you know, as a guy who really fears the 24 people running for the Democratic uh, nomination, the easiest path for Donald Trump to lose to one of these people is the economy to go south. Mm-hmm. And he is playing with fire here. He's, he really is. He it, is. It, it makes me very nervous. And again, like China's a bad actor. Mexico's done a lot of bad things. There's, there's certainly actions I would like to take. They're not free traders. Yeah, they're not. Well, he's handling it like a parent. You know, He's like, okay, we're going to start with 5%, and we're going to increase <laughs> yeah. 5% every month. You yeah. don't take action <laughs> until it reaches 25%. It's like... Mm-hmm. Why what an interesting point? strategy. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> I mean, there's part of it, like, I could see, is like, all right, well, like, he's taking action, and it is a hor- it really is a crisis, and the media does deny that there's a crisis on the border. Yes. But, like, what, what in, in effect is punishing Americans, particularly right. Americans who are shopping at places like Walmart and, and mm-hmm. who have lower Consumers. incomes, who are, who are buying more Mexican goods. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it, it, I don't understand his affection. Why and now even Lighthizer doesn't. Why wouldn't you put the surcharge on the money being transferred? Um, to to Mexico, well, that would affect Mexico greatly. It's their biggest. It's the biggest part of their economy. Now, could he do that with his? I mean, I, I, the problem I think there is you might need to get legislation, right? And the thing about the trade situation is he can just do it on his own. That might be, um, and that's it's of course worth doing though. Uh, and, it's worth doing. He it, should try to do it. That is something that is worth suggesting. Uh, the other thing I would suggest too is that the, the Congress of the United States of America. That is specifically drawn out in the Constitution to handle all trade matters and then just said, you know what, here's how we're going to handle them. We're going to let the president make every decision by himself. Let's go back to the Constitution. This is what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be congressional power. It's not supposed to be. And you see this. You see even Republicans at some level are complaining about tariffs. um, uh, And, of course, Democrats now suddenly out of nowhere don't like tariffs because Trump is saying Mm -hmm. he likes them. But it's like, with the exception of Mike Lee and maybe, and maybe Rand Paul's on this bandwagon as well, very few of them will say, let's just take our power back and do what the Constitution tells us to do. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they are, I don't think it should be constitutional to be able to say that thing that the Constitution is telling us to do, I'm going to hand that power to someone else and make them do it. Mm-hmm. No. And that's what Congress has done. It's wrong, and they should take that power back. Yeah. Um, I want to also get into this news about. Uh, memo uncovered about Martin Luther King Jr. This is unbelievable. Crazy. I I mean, I don't know what to think about this. Um, And I I think at first you'd think, okay, it's just some guy with some crazy theory. You know, you have a new JFK, you know, assassination theory book every couple of years. This, however, is the guy who wrote the Pulitzer uh, Prize winning uh, biography of Martin Luther King uh, Jr. He's the guy who came out with this. He wrote it in the like 80, I think he won the award in 1987. Like, but it's like one of the foundational texts about who Martin Luther King was. Um, he's a big lefty too, not a conservative by any means. Um, he is, uh, so he gets access to the memos, um, some FBI memos that were released. Um, and I'm not exactly sure the process of how that worked, but he, he, he actually has seen the memos. And the memos point to audio tapes. So the, the memo says, here's a description of an audio tape. Um, the audio tape has not been heard, though, and will not be released supposedly until 2027. Why, um, why 2027? Yeah, that's, that's such a random... There's like a built-in... I think it's usually um, 50 years yeah. from the time okay. the person dies or something. Yeah, like there's that. something. There's a rule okay. like that, yeah. and it, it runs out at 2027. Yeah. So at some point, this will come out, and we'll yeah. know for sure, but it's going to be a few years, probably. So the video, the uh, the 
the memos are shocking. I mean, like, you know, there was, it's always known that Martin Luther King had a, a bit of an issue with uh, multiple women. Uh, it was expected to be between 10 and 12 is what they thought. They now think it's 40 to 45 uh, different mistresses. mistresses? Um, yeah. How do you keep up with that I know. many? That just seems annoying, that's, that, yeah, that's frankly. awful. <laughs> yeah. a lot of think about how probably. annoying yeah, women are. Traveling. Yeah, thank you. You want 45 you. to 50 thank of you. them all at the same no. time? That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> and how do you keep track of that? Yeah, exactly. Once it gets to a certain number, it's like, where are they putting right. this information? It's always been the best argument against polygamy. It's like, well, you really want, how many wives do you want? Yeah. And one is probably fine. So, but yeah, so they, so he has all these mistresses, which again is, is not necessarily that big of a deal unless you happen to be married to him um but uh this it was much worse than this they had a um audio recording device in a hotel room in a lamp and uh they recorded uh what began as a conversation um uh, between martin luther king and another pastor in which they decided who which one of the parishioners would be more um up for natural and unnatural sex acts as it was described in the memo um, then at one point, one of the, the pastor tries to proposition a girl. She says no. And the, the description in the memo says he immediately forcibly rapes her. And while Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, watches and laughs. Um, now, look, if that's true and that is like easily identifiable on this tape, how do you have a statue up of that guy? How do you have a national holiday honoring How do you Martin have every King? street, every, mm-hmm. every school? Every, every city, has, city a has a street named yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. Yeah. Can you send your kids to a school named Martin Luther King Jr. Not Boulevard? After this. If, Not if this is true. If it's true. Right. Now, look, we, we, we go back and forth on this because, you know, at some level, you get to a historical point where the times were so different. Like, you talk about a slave-owning founding father. Well, a slavery was legal. It was common around the world. It doesn't excuse it it's obviously the worst thing ever but like it's a little bit more understandable in historical context there wasn't a historical context where rape was okay in the 60s right like that was not a thing um and if i mean this is a massive it's like basically the second or third highest crime depending on how you look at it past murder maybe child molestation like you're right there at the top of the list Mm -hmm. and if this guy is, is is a willing participant and an accessory to a rape of someone, and he also in this you know memo is multiple orgies and prostitutes and all sorts of really dark stuff. Now there is the asterisk here of the FBI was pretty much out to try to find negative things right. about Martin Luther King at this time. Maybe they're misrepresenting the tape, and and I feel like in a way like maybe we should get the tape because if they are misrepresenting should. the tape, it's totally unfair to Martin Luther King. Yes, um, that would be a really really. But gross misrepresentation, mm-hmm. though. Yeah, like how do you? Mi- right, that's what I'm right. saying. It's not how do you right. construe some some. How do you construe that particular description? A well, different. I way? mean, the only way I can think of is, it, I mean, this is not necessarily a wonderful thing, but like if it was, if it was a consensual thing, uh-huh. and, and the only way you'd know if it was a rape on an audio tape is if she's screaming no, and you hear him laughing, right? Like it's going to be. I don't know how you detect this exactly. Right. Some of the agents were apparently there, and they may be inserting what they believed was going on. God only knows. I mean, no way. There's no way it's a good situation, though. Um, now, I don't think you'd take the holiday away if he was, uh, you know, doing just, you know, if he had 45 mistresses. That's probably not not a thing. But I mean, if you're, if he's actually like on tape, you know, involved in covering up and witnessing and not protecting someone in the middle of a rape. I mean, I, I don't see. I mean, it's, yeah. And that tears the country apart. Yeah, if I mean, true, it's bad. Yeah. I wonder how the left is going to handle all of this. Like as things progress in the story, you know. You look at how they freaked out on Trump with the whole bust incident. Like, yeah. the bust is gone, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The noise that came mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. I mean, and now this. It's just. 
That is a really great point. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, the how are they going to handle it? Yeah. Like you reacted yes. this way about yes. something that didn't even happen. Yes. And now we're t and we're talking about the same person here. Right. And, and that wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I just wonder how they're going to respond to this as things. I mean, it's probably going to be silent media. Yes, I would. I would say that whatever the um, hypocritical response would be would be <laughs> yeah. the way that they would respond. It's mm -hmm. interesting. Glenn actually had a pretty interesting theory in that the guy who wrote this is a Democratic socialist. He's a Bernie Sanders supporter. Like he is far, far left, not you know, mainstream Clinton left, like mm -hmm. way even further to the left of that. And his theory was kind of like, you know, democratic socialism is about tearing down, right? It's about destroying things. It's about it's about you know, one of the biggest uh, defenses that conservatives have about race when you have this new kind of version of racism where, you know, everything's racist is, mm -hmm. wait a minute, well, if we're talking about content of character, not color of skin. Mm -hmm. That's really, I mean, Martin Luther King is essentially a conservative figure at this point. I mean, like his, his arguments that he made are conservative arguments today. I mean, it's just people respecting people as individuals. And tearing that down probably does some benefit to the far left at this point. I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, the guy's a, bi a respected biographer. I don't think he's lying or anything, but there is a, uh, it, you know, bringing this up in this way is, is, is pretty explosive and, mm -hmm. and could have, I mean, he even was advocating for, like, we need to, like, legitimately rethink this guy's entire mm -hmm. reputation as a historical figure. I mean, that's not the right saying that. That's the left saying that. That's not David Duke saying this should be rethought. This is mm -hmm. like a democratic socialist, and mm -hmm. he's got to be right on that. I mean, if the guy was involved in rapes that are on tape, how can we respect him the way we do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, well, thankfully, we'll find out in you know eight years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A future episode of the news and why. Get ready. We're all waiting with anticipation. <laughs> Only the eight years that we have left until we find out. Um, Pat, before we go, talk to us about the most competitive economies. Yeah, the United States just slipped from uh, first to third among the most competitive economies in the world. Part of that is fuel costs, and there's some other factors involved. But we've, we've been number one almost every year for as long as you can remember. Um, but I wanted to read the uh, quickly go through the top 20. And again, let's see if we can find any commonality here. Mm -hmm. um, Singapore. Hong Kong, United States, Switzerland, UAE, Netherlands, Ireland, Denmark, Sweden, Qatar, Norway, Luxembourg, Canada. China is in there. Finland, Taiwan, Germany, Aust Australia, Austria, and I Iceland. Mm. Uh, the commonality there, they're all capitalist countries or capitalist hybrid countries. Mm. Even China uh, is a communist capitalist hybrid. Which they've been increasing the, all of the capitalism occurring within their country yes. in recent years. And Hong Kong's in there. Hong Kong is part of China, but they've left Hong Kong alone. Hong Kong is as capitalist more so than, than we are. They're number two on the list. Um, and what you don't see here is any socialist countries. Now, you might say, well, Finland. Well, Sweden is. Those are not socialist countries. They are capitalist countries who have big government tendencies. Um, so you don't find Cuba, for instance. You don't find Russia. North Korea's on there, though, right? North Korea's not on Venezuela? there. Venezuela? Uh, Venezuela's not on there. Sure. Look again. So it, it's amazing that, that socialism continues to be held up in some circles. In this country, mm. with all the evidence that it's a failed, it's a failed system, and ours has succeeded for 243 years now. Just the 243. Just the 243. <laughs> uh, well, and what, I mean, that's a great point because what bothers me about the cognitive dissonance going on right now um, when it comes to Americans latching on to socialism is 
I could understand, well, I, it wouldn't be great, but I could understand if they just didn't want to read a history book, right? Because mm-hmm. no, one's, no one's learning about history anymore. No one is talking about it. College campuses aren't teaching it. So I would understand if it was a historical thing that we just didn't want to go back and actually read what happened a long time ago. It's literally happening right Right in front now, of our faces. Right in front of us. And we mm-hmm. still are not picking it up. Yeah. yeah. It's like the grocery store is on fire and we're walking into it. Yeah. Like, why would this, this right. is the time to run away from it. We have the very public examples. North Korea, I mean, Cuba, North Korea, and Venezuela all at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, two of the three absolutely in meltdown. The other one also in meltdown. <laughs> really not right. I mean, I mean, Venezuela being the most prime one because, yeah. I mean, look, Cuba's been around for a while and, and people shied away from praising it. North Korea, of course, is so authoritarian that like you know, while they like the philosophy, I think, of some of it, they don't necessarily praise North Korea. They did praise Venezuela mm-hmm. I mean, very recently. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to read a history book, but you'd like to understand the union of Soviet socialist republics <laughs> yeah. uh, economy, take a look at Chernobyl, oh, yeah. uh, which is playing HBO. on HBO right now. Mm. It's fantastic. I think it should be mandatory viewing for every millennial in this country. It should be <laughs> mandatory. should force them. We should put toothpicks in their <laughs> eyes and force them to watch it. it seems a little authoritarian. <laughs> it no, does. Okay, yeah, okay. Very big it's worth it this once. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, Rich, what's your what's your take on what what is not clicking with young Americans when it comes to socialism? I'm glad you asked me that because I've been thinking about that a lot and like, you know, aside from the schools and how mm-hmm. the left is indoctrinating, I think it lays heavier on identity politics, you know, uh, millennials want to have an identity and they see all their friends believing this one certain thing socialism Mm -hmm. they don't care to do the the history the research they don't it doesn't matter to them and um it's all surface level you know just like a lot of things in our society and everyone's very distracted um so to me i think the the issue is how do we break down those walls of identity politics and how do we really get through to them to where they're actually going to listen and say hey just so you know this is a really dumb idea and we can prove it today right. and in history. Right. So that's 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 what I worry about the most. That's where I see the problem and the solution is going to be to break down identity politics and really get to the core of the people that are believing these things because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All you have to do is look at our neighbors. No. It doesn't. Yeah. Well, and uh, I think maybe to add to that, um, reminding them that free stuff isn't actually free. Mm-hmm. They're like, free college. This yeah. is true. Free Somebody's paying for that. Yeah, no, I blame the baby boomers. Yeah, one of the Democratic <laughs> candidates was like, uh, hey, socialism, is it the free college or the free health care I'm supposed to be scared of? Well, you should be scared of both of those things, <laughs> but also the hundred million dead the last century is another one thing right. I'm scared of. <laughs> People are just dunces. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, all right. Remember, you can tweet oh, us your comments and questions using the hashtag TheBlazeY. Today's comment comes from Gringo Loco. Uh, what would happen if people started saying, my government, my choice, and wanted to eliminate the welfare system, potentially causing death via starvation to those who are dependent on government assistance to survive? Great point. Uh, if only they understood that point when it came to, oh, I don't know, innocent babies. Uh <laughs> Let's see, today's, no, yesterday's poll, now that Mueller has given his final word on the Russia investigation, is it time to move on? Please. You thought you were going to get 100%. Seven percent of you said no? They do it to torture you, you know that. I think so. I think it's just, <laughs> it's just for you. 
What is wrong with you people? They just want to see what Nancy Pelosi is going to do. Like, yeah. how is she going to handle this? Because that will be pretty comical. That's true, because yeah. she, something's going She's on playing with playing possum right now. There something's might be a few Trump dislikers in the audience, too. Yeah, there might be a couple. Certainly. You know? But I mean, I... Fair, but, yeah. I mean, after, it feels like a hundred years. I know it was only two, two and a half years. It feels like a hundred it feels like a it hundred. Does. It's aged us all, yeah, I, I know. think, mm-hmm. ten years. I know. I'm so tired of it. I know. I just, like, let's just move on. Mm-hmm. 93% of you said yes, though, so. It's pretty good. Kudos to, to you. We can be friends. <laughs> <laughs> all right, today's poll. Will you keep your Netflix subscription if they boycott Georgia for their pro-life legislation? Who, I will be very interested to know the results of this, because who can give up their Netflix? Well, if you're going to be honest. Almost everybody's going to say no. <laughs> yeah, but they're all. But the poll if will say everyone's honest. saying yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, I will definitely oh, get up. Ninety-seven percent. Yeah. Well, why did they increase subscriptions last quarter again? <laughs> like, if half of the country was boycotting, how did yeah. people like their Netflix? What do you think about boycotts, Rich? I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, if you boycott one thing, you're going to have to boycott everything. Yeah. And right. that's that's it's it is impossible. Right. It's a, we live. I mean, just. Watch Netflix and chill. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know that. And that is a great point is if people actually paid attention to where their money was going, what all of these places were supporting, Mm -hmm. you wouldn't be able to go out. Yeah, it's impossible to micromanage it. And it's like, you know, look, let 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 Netflix, you know, do their stupid shows. And and that's their expertise. Their expertise is not abortion policy. So I don't look to them for abortion policy. I don't care what they think about abortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And history is, you know, being on the right side of history down the road when everything hopefully gets better especially on abortion, Netflix is going to have that stain. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, so let them have that. Go for it. That's a great point. Uh, All right. That is it for us. Let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Rich, thank you so much for joining us. It was an honor. I hope to come back again. Yes, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys Monday. We did it. That was fun. Yeah, it's a fun show. Yeah. You guys do this as a job. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.